Solomon Kinley in the backfield. Live in the entertainment capital of the world. And Tua throwing the other way to a wide open Durham Smythe for the touchdown. It's the T.C. Martin Show. Diagnosis. Shotgun. Murray. Prognosis. Out of the pocket. Seven seconds. Osmos. Six seconds. Murray. Welcome back to hour number two. This is the T.C. Martin Show, Football Friday, Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas, streaming live, of course, tcmartinshow.com. Glad to have you with us. want to thank Stitch Duran for hanging out with us, hour number one, talking a little boxing, tomorrow night's fight between Earl Spence Jr. and Danny Swift Garcia. Ballpark Frank, Brian Benowitz in the house. This hour, we talk a little football. We start diving into college football on Saturday, the NFL Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. That's right, there's a Tuesday game with this quirky schedule. And the head coach joins us now, our good friend Jim Fossil, the former coach of the New York Football Giants. What is going on, my friend? TC, it's always loving to come on and talk football with you. Yeah, You're always on top of that. <laughs> you are, buddy. The coach is on top of it. Double B has been quoting you each and every week. He says, you know, as the coach said, you know, why the hurry? Why is, why, why is everybody in, in, in such a hurry to get the season, you know, and underway, finished, all this stuff? He said point blank, look at the injury reports come week two, week three, yep. and it all exploded like the next week. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, well, coach knew. He knew they weren't prepared to play, and, and uh, they got all those nagging injuries, and look what's happened. There so. it is. The, the, coach, the yeah. coach is always on top of it here. You are always on top of it. What's and, that? Yeah, I said the coach is always on top of it. Yeah, no, he, I know he is. I yeah. know he is. You know. <laughs> I, I coached football my whole life. I played it and coached it. But there's some people out there like you and you that really understand the game. I mean, what's going to go on and all that stuff. And I bring my stuff, and every week I look at the turnover ratio. Yeah. And that, yeah, all you got to do is follow that. Just follow that. It's true. Turnover ratio, that is it completely. I picked a game based on turnover ratio just for you this year, and I won it. There it is. The Louisville game. Remember that? I said yeah. Louisville hadn't forced a turnover all year. That's true. At that time, and they That's didn't. It was against Virginia, and <laughs> they right. won the game. All right, so you're always on top of that stat. Who's got the best turnover ratio in the NFL so far this year? I'm sorry, say it again? Who's got the best turnover ratio in the NFL so uh, far this year? Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. They, they lead it by far. Really? Yep. Oh, yeah. Is that yeah. What, That's why they're 11 and 0. I think they're like... Uh, uh, 17 and 0, something like that. I got it right here. <laughs> I can tell you right now. You want to know? I know you got it. That's what I'm saying. You know, you tell me the best. Who has the best turnover ratio? The coach has got it. Well, he, uh, he's uh, right. Of course, we know last week it was the Falcons. Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Oh no, but if you want to follow who's going to win, just look at the turnover ratio. You know, and uh, New Orleans. You know, they lost their quarterback. Okay. I mean, they lost their quarterback. It's a great quarterback. But you know what? This guy came in, they're winning the turnover ratio, and they're the second best in the league right now. It, it, you know, and I, would, I don't want to beat the drum too loudly, but I've, I've lived it my whole life. And I think I told you the story that when I got the New York Giants head coaching job, they just fired the two coaches, one of them, Dan Reeves, okay? 
And I went in there and I go, what the heck is wrong here? What can I change? I mean, I can't change the, t the team over, all that. So I went in there and I looked at everything, everything. I can't get a new quarterback. I can't do this. I can't do that. But I looked at him, the turnover ratio was not good. So I went to the equipment guy and I said, how many jugs guns do we have? We have one. <laughs> Order five more. <laughs> because the linebacker coach, when he's coaching these guys, I mean, hell, I got an arm better than that right now. <laughs> no, you get the jugs gun and they fired at him. You know, the DBs, they're fired at him and they got to catch, boom, like a quarterback. All right, that's good. And I had every position, like the linemen, the offensive and defensive linemen, 10 minutes, put them out there, they got to go throw the ball on the ground and they got to go cover it. That year, I got coach of the year and we won our division without a doubt. And I'll tell you one thing, it was because of turnover ratio. We led the league by far. Nobody was even second place. And, and then from then on, and you maybe ask yourself, why didn't you keep doing it? Well, that's my <laughs> stupidity. <laughs> Take care of the football. He's got to preach that, right? Yeah, you do. But Take I mean, care every of the year, I, I follow it every year. Yeah. And the teams that are in the playoffs have a plus six, eight, ten, twelve. They're in the playoffs. And I don't care who it is, the teams that don't make it in there, ah, they, they didn't get, they got minus ten. Yeah, I mean, there's I, so, there, I there's so to much. my son with Dallas like that, right? And he said, "Dad, I know exactly what you're doing. We're just trying to do it. We're just not getting it done." Yeah. Okay, whatever. But when you look at it every year, I've done it 30 years, and the teams that win the turnover ratio are in the playoffs. Right. And then, okay, whatever. You got it game by game. Yeah, you know, you, you hit it on the button because. There's such an enormous, uh, 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 there's, not in, there's not an enormous talent gap in any team. They're, they're, they're all very good at what they do. And, but if you get a team, the short field or the no field, against a team that's got to go 80 yards every time or 75 yards now, uh, it's very difficult. Yeah. Well, yeah, I uh, have a little time to echoing. But, uh, you know, I mean, in coaching, uh, you got a coach to win, obviously. Okay. Mm -hmm. And uh, every coach has a different way to do it. And uh, they go by offense, defense, you know, Bill Walls, offensive guy, you know, things like that. But it still comes down to every year what you're doing. And, and you know, other things come in. You know, if you got your quarterback, you lost him. It's tough. Oh, wait a minute. New Orleans lost their quarterback and they're still winning. So you can't do it. And it's about, you know, the coach has got to be able to see mentally where the team is and drive it that way. So much, you know, goes, so much goes into the preparation, Coach. This year, you've not only not known when you're going to play, you're not knowing when you're going to practice, you're not knowing who is going to practice with you. Um, how, does, how does that impact you as far as getting you ready, prep, prepping for the game? Uh, I'm sorry. How, how does here. so so talk, so talk. this so this year this year in in football, like this week they couldn't even go to the uh, practice facilities for two weeks, right? Or for two days, they don't know who's going to be there because they don't know who's on the rotation of the COVID stuff. 
it's hard for them to get their preparation. How difficult it is for them to even be ready to go each each and every week based on what they're seeing. Yeah, it's really difficult. It's really difficult. It's not easy. I mean, this is, you know, you, 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 the coaches have to be able to be flexible. You, you got a plan. You got to, you're going to do it to this. They want to get it to this guy. And it's changing all the time. And this year, and we talked about this at the beginning of the season, there's going to be a lot of injuries. Yep. And you're, the coaches are, I feel for coaches, they're constantly changing this and changing that and over here and you got to do that. And it's it's not not easy to you know just change all the time like that. Jim Fossil joins us here at the Cosmopolitan here on a Friday. So Jim, talk a little. Let's talk a little bit about the the NFC East. It is a division that you are very very familiar with, coaching with the Giants. And this year, it's been a downright embarrassment, where the Eagles are, are three seven and one. We got the Giants and we've got the Redskins. When you look in the Cowboys, when you look at this division what do you see why is every team struggling in this division well yeah first of all yeah first of all they uh you know uh they've got a, a couple of new uh, head coaches mm -hmm. you know and uh i think right now uh, if you look at the, what i was just talking about is those teams are really down in the turnover ratio. They are. You know, the New York Giants, who I was there, I mean, they were way down the list. And they all of them were in that category. And uh, they had changes off it with, uh, with the coaches and things like that. But, uh, you know, it's just uh, some of the times, bottom line still with the same thing, I'll stay what I was saying before, mm. their turnover ratio is not good. So your son left the Rams as a special teams coordinator. Now with the with the Dallas Cowboys, we've seen Mike McCarthy, you know, come there. Things haven't worked out uh, really well for the Cowboys. When you specifically look at what McCarthy's doing and the talent that the Cowboys have here, can you pinpoint why this team isn't better than they should be? They were the worst in turnover ratio. <laughs> okay, back to that. Yeah, that's right. the starting. Right. Yeah. You know. That they are. I, I followed it. Yeah. And uh, what are you going to do about it? I mean, it is where it is. And uh, they lost four quarterbacks. Yeah. Four quarterbacks were out. And uh, the one that came in there and played really well with them, yeah. you know, his dad went to Cal Berkeley. He was a quarterback. Yeah. And he was the quarterback at Cal Berkeley when I was the offensive coordinator at, at uh, Stanford. Stanford. Yeah. And, and <laughs> he was telling me that, you know, his dad remembered – playing against Stanford and I was coaching there. He was with Cal and I was coaching there and it, you know, going, what the heck? This guy here remembers his dad that they, they played against your dad and all that stuff. So uh, it's, a, it's, it's cyclical. Mm -hmm. Alright, so when we look at, you mentioned Pittsburgh, turnover ratio 11-0, Kansas City looking really, really strong as well, too. So much of this is the quarterback playing. You see what Mahomes is doing. He can basically do whatever whatever he wants to do. If we're looking ahead here, who's the better team? Is it Pittsburgh, is it Kansas City, or is it somebody else should be in the conversation? Boy, that's going to be a good battle. No, I mean it. That, uh, that's good. Pittsburgh's solid. They're playing good. Kansas City won it last year. They lost one game this year. 
I would say, that, honestly, if I would bet on the guy that the team that lost their quarterback, because neither one of those franchises are going to be great like they are without that quarterback. So, um, but I, I, if I had to go again, I'd say Kansas City. Mm -hmm. So we've seen the Rams be very inconsistent at times. I know you are always a, a fan of Jared Goff. Last week he was awful against the Niners. The week before he was great against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Mm -hmm. Why is this guy so inconsistent? And I know that you like the guy, and you, but we, we've seen this uneven performance with Goff and the Rams. Well, you know, and I got to know him. I talked yeah. to him a little bit when he was a rookie. And uh, I remember talking to his fam, uh, family uh, in the tunnel and things like that. He's a, he's a cool guy. He's, he really is relaxed. So I, it's hard for me to put a finger on that because uh, a lot of times one thing, and I'm not trying to divert what you're talking about, right. about but, you know, a quarterback so much is relied upon the players. They make play for you. They, they, they make plays and they can do things for you. And, uh, and then you get you get hot as a quarterback. I played the position. Man, when I got guys making plays and all that stuff, man, I could feel like, yeah, here we go. Let's look it up. Uh, but, you know, sometimes I've watched them a little bit play. And uh, I, I still think he's an outstanding quarterback. I really do. But he needs to have some help with a run game turnover ratio and all those type of things to be successful. When you talk about the quarterback position, do we see a tendency in the NFL today to try to maybe put quarterbacks in before they're ready because they're paying them so much money and they were high draft picks and that? We know Tua's been playing down in in Miami, and he's looked okay when he's played, but Fitzgerald's actually probably played better. There's a lot of controversy in Philadelphia right now, but it seems like sometimes people forgot that guys like Johnny Unitas and some of the old quarterbacks they weren't afraid to hold a clipboard for a while and learn the position at the NFL level. Great question, because I followed it. And uh, quarterbacks is the hardest position to play. It's the hardest one to play when you get into the NFL. I don't care what you did, okay? And uh, the game's different than college. It's just different. And uh, you got to get used to it, you know? And, uh, and the game has changed down the line, you know? I mean, when I went in there, you know, we weren't throwing the ball that much. So you weren't relied upon that much. And uh, today, they're throwing the ball all over the park. So there's more pressure on the quarterback coming in now than, say, 30 years ago. And, uh, and with injuries and different things like that, uh, it, it, yeah, it's more difficult today to come in, even though when, say, 20, 30 years ago, in college, you didn't throw the ball as much. Quarterbacks didn't throw that much. Now they come out of college and they're throwing the ball all over the park. So they're a little bit better ahead in when they get to the NFL. How much does it bother you? Because it definitely bothers me. We talk about this all the time. When we see these, you know, third and short yard situations or fourth in, in inches and fourth and a foot or fourth and a yard, and the quarterback is in the shotgun still. And you got your running back lining up seven, eight yards, you know, deep. And lo and behold, we saw it with the Pittsburgh game the other day. We see it all the time. We've seen games turn. We saw it with the Cowboys on Thanksgiving Day. Why will they not just go with the quarterback sneak, go with the old school fullback 
uh, you know, lead blocker. Why are we – it seems like these coaches or these offensive coordinators are trying to outsmart themselves. Why have we gotten to this, and why can't we get back to just simplistic formula of moving forward uh, in, a, in a straight direction is, is a lot better than going 20 yards around the outside? You see, that's a great question because <laughs> I think there's a little bit of pressure on coaches that uh, offensive guy or a defensive guy or whatever, they got to they gotta, – if they want to be a head coach, they got to light it up. They got to light it up. They just can't sit there and – it's, uh, you know, third and two, and you ran the ball in right in there, and they didn't get anything. Well, that's not what an owner is looking for. And I think a lot of that's come into it. Although I'll say the teams that are really good, they're going to do what the hell they want to do. They're not going to say, you know, and if, if I owned a team, Steelers or the Giants, whatever, and my offensive coordinator or head coach calling plays to uh, – you know, it's third and one. Oh, we're going to throw one long. It's incomplete. What the heck are we doing? You know, and so I think there's some guys, I'm not going to say the whole the staff. That would be bad. No, I think most of them are good. Once in a while, you get a guy that gets a little bit tricky, and he wants to make something a big play when it's third and one. Does it blow you away that we hear these comments week in and week out? Hey, this guy, this quarterback has never taken a snap under center because he played in high school and he played in college in the shotgun or the spread formation. And, you know, again, he's not used to it, so he, he has to take it out of the shotgun. Is that just preposterous? Not How can really. you not teach a guy that not to be under center? <laughs> I'm serious. I, no, I agree with you. I mean, uh, you know, I got crazy one time in my life. I ought to show you some films. <laughs> when I With the duck offense? The duck offense. <laughs> the duck offense. And I'm going to tell you this the truth. Okay? I lost some guys. Okay? And so I came out with the duck offense. And I drew it up. I told my son, my younger son, send me, a, you know, a, 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 the play. Why the, the duck? The, the does it, does it look like a duck? Why, why is it called the duck offense? <laughs> because, is it found in Oregon or what? No, because it, for uh, uh, duck offense was uh, from the, the, I lived in the Southern California, hmm. and uh, uh, we had uh, Disneyland right there. And we had all those things there. <laughs> I couldn't think of another name. So Donald but helped you out. Donald, yeah. Doozy, Doozy, all of them. Yeah, yeah. Be, because goofy offense would have just been ridiculous. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> but here's the truth. I was head coach at the University of Utah, and I had the problem. I had that problem with a quarterback. Oh, my God, I got this. What am I going to do? And we were known as a pretty good offense and all that stuff. So we're going to go play Wisconsin who was really good. I mean, that, we were all overhead at that time a little bit, you know. And so we had run it two weeks prior to that, and it was the rage. Everybody's talking about it. And so it was going to be on TV, but not a big one. And then I got a call from, I don't know, NBC or whoever it was. I don't know what it was. He said, uh, Coach, we want to put this on TV uh, nationally. Uh, are you going to run the duck? And I said, yeah, I'm going to run the duck. <laughs> I said, you got to be kidding me. So we had a lot of fun with it. But, you know, it was the, uh, you know, we were outmanned. But the way our formations and what we did, and we had Dassey, Duck, and all of these plays, not too many, not too many. But it was, it was a pass-happy offense, right? 
Yeah, but, but we'd yeah, run it. We could run it too. Was it was it was it different than like say the old run and shoot? Remember? You, you, oh no, this is more wide open than that. Yeah, that was I mean, pretty wide open back in the day. Well, no, our yeah. formation, basic yeah. formation, was if you're looking down the field from offense, on the left side, you get the tight end, tackle, guard, guard, and tackle, all the way to the sideline. Then you got a center. Okay, he's going to snap the ball. I'm the quarterback and shotgun, and I had a running back. Okay, and then I had two receivers over the other side. I mean, with, with the side sideline to sideline, they had to defend it. And if the quarterback can run a little bit, you snap the ball. The, the center can block the the, uh, the guard on the other side on defense, and I could roll out like that. And if he chased me, I'd just throw it underneath to the running back, and there's nobody there. The, the, the both the safeties were way out there, so <laughs> it was kind of crazy. <laughs> It, it, it worked though. It worked. Well, it worked big time. It, big time. <laughs> oh, geez, it it worked big time. Yeah. All right. All right. Jim Fossil joins us here. We're at the Cosmopolitan. When we come back, we are going to uh, dive into some college football games. Our best bets are coming up as well too. We got a very busy, active weekend, and we'll dive into it all. Ballpark Frank, Brian Benowitz, the coach, Jim Fossil, TC Martin Show on a football Friday. Now, more from your favorite sports radio physician. Oh, for crying out loud. The, the doctor. doctor. You watch your language on the air. T.C. Martin. Yep. Don't forget, get the William Hill mobile app. If you haven't signed up just yet, go do it and get a chance to get some free money, especially you're here at the Cosmopolitan. You're here for the weekend. Deposit some money, cash out before you leave. Or if you're a local, of course, you can go to any of the great William Hill sports books all around town. Yes, open up an account. Get the app on your phone. That's the first thing you do. Then you go deposit at least $50 into your account. Tell them you want the promo code TC50. Once you do that, they will give you an additional $50. Free money into your account. Get the William Hill mobile app. So easy to use. And uh, bet from the comfort of your own home wherever you're watching the games or here in the sportsbook at the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas. Use the promo code TC50. And again, open an account, $50 deposit at least. They'll match it with an additional 50 bucks. The head coach, Jim Fossil, is here. He's joining us. Ballpark Frank. And, of course, Brian Benowitz here on a football Friday for you. All right, Coach, uh, before we start getting to breaking uh, down these games, we've been talking a lot this week about the Vanderbilt kicker, uh, Sarah Fuller from the soccer team, uh, came on the team uh, last Tuesday. They get drilled by Missouri 41 to nothing. Uh, she didn't, doesn't attempt a, a PAT or anything because they don't score, but she did kick off. And uh, she went in to the coaches before halftime and said, hey, can I address the team at halftime? And she went in there and basically <laughs> berated the team saying, you guys aren't cheering loud enough. You know, on the soccer team, you know, we cheer all the time and you guys got to do this. This makes you better. And we call each other out. So I'm going to call you guys out right now. And you guys got to get with it. Number one, do you believe what you're hearing here? And number two, have you ever had a kicker come in and, and berate the rest of your team at halftime? <laughs> never, never. <laughs> if I had a guy come in like that with a kicker, I'd, they would uh, pants him and send him out on the field. <laughs> <laughs> He'd be out there naked. That's what they'd do with him. Yeah, the, the kickers don't have much of a voice in, in, in an NFL locker room, do they? Oh, no, no, no. The only thing I had with a kicker, I had to bring in a new kicker one time, and uh, we played the game. It was really good. Yeah. And Keith Hamilton 
a big tackle. I mean, he was a mean yeah, guy, I remember too. Him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So after the game, uh, we we're getting the things done and the equipment's getting, getting done and all that stuff. And so Hamilton says, hey, come here. Take my laundry. <laughs> and threw it to the guy. And, uh, Got the kicker. <laughs> it was a kicker. <laughs> he said, somebody next to him says, hey, that's our kicker. Oh, I thought he was an equipment man. <laughs> I said, Keith, get in touch, buddy. Said this, we've had the guy all week practicing, and you just threw your laundry at him. <laughs> That's the respect that the kicker gets. Yeah, and I know, I know. Oh, yeah. It, no it, it, it could have been worse. It could have been Gerald Yopremian as the kicker, and then he wouldn't have been able to throw it back. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> Brian, I knew, you, I knew you loved that story. Go ahead. Yeah, the whole thing, I mean, I, it's nice to see the lady get out there and, and get into a, a Power 5 football game, but it certainly would have been a lot better than just doing a 25-yard squib kick that any really donkey could have done. Um, I, I just don't really understand how... They, they should have waited for at least to kick a PAT or something to make it a little more influential. For her just to go out and kick the ball, which probably would have gone out of bounds on, uh, and been a penalty if the guy doesn't cover it, was kind of silly. Uh, and then the SEC named her Special Teams Player of the Week. So, you know, it, it, like I said, it's a nice story. It would have been a heck of a lot nicer <laughs> if she would have done a little more on her one play Well, in there. we've talked about this all week. For, to be named Player of the uh, Special Teams Player of the Week is a joke. I guess she shared the award with the guy from Florida who returned to punt 50 yards for a touchdown. feel sorry for that guy, but, I mean, come on. Because you appear in a game gives you player of the week? It's insane. It's insane. That's not being sexist or anything. It's just it's just ridiculous. Well, it just shows that, you know, she showed up and she, she had the authority or the uh, whatever to call everybody out. Yeah. You know, and, I, you know, I tell you what, to me, I don't know. I thought there was about... Half those guys, what What are you talking to us? And some of them were saying, you know what? She's got it right. And he, I, I believe that. That would, uh, somebody, Some of those guys would have said, you know what? She's right. Yeah, I, I at least would have liked to have seen her kick away. You know, kick the ball deep, TC. Yeah. Let's see if she can kick it out of the end zone or right. into the end zone. Because she's a soccer player, so you know right. she's got a leg. Right. And she's their goalie. But just to watch her squib it is, is, is not really a, a big play. And, uh, and I so agree. That, that to me was a little disappointing. In fact, they lost 41 to nothing, yeah. and the coach was dismissed on Monday. You know, yep. it just oh, really it just he got fired. Kind of gimmicky yeah. to me. Yeah. yeah, Derek Mason. Yeah, Vandy, yeah. Vandy's 0 and 8, and you know they were going nowhere, and they, they kind of did this to to kind of it was like a bring some attention stunt. to their team. That's, yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I really wanted to see her kick off against Georgia, and now that game's been postponed. Yes, yes, um, another game postponed. Minus 35, and which was on one of my original best bets. And I was going to lay it with 35. I was a little bit leery about doing it, so and I, and, and I got off the game, so that's a good thing that I got off since that game will be postponed. All right, speaking of college football, all right, so we've got Clemson, minus 22.5 at Virginia Tech. We've got Alabama, laying 30 at LSU. We've got Ohio State, laying 23.5 at Michigan State. That game will be played. And Notre Dame, minus 33.5 against Syracuse. That game in South Bend. It seems the top four teams here are all in landslide victories here, but very, very inflated lines. Does anybody want to get in front of, of any of these games here and take the underdog, Brian Benowitz? 
We, you know I love dogs, and uh, I don't think any of these dogs are playable, not even LSU. Yeah. And, I mean, LSU, if anybody when the year started would have said it would be a 30-point dog against anybody, you would have just laughed at them. Right. They're not having anywhere near the season that they would typically have and then nowhere near the season they had last year, obviously. Uh, Alabama's rolling into shape, so they look fantastic. Clemson's getting into shape. They look fantastic. Maybe Michigan State's a little live because Ohio State really showed that their defense wasn't all that strong against Indiana. Michigan State came up with a gigantic win against uh, Northwestern and really played very well in that football game. I watched a lot of that game. So if you were to tell me of all those games that you just laid out with those big numbers, the only one I'd be interested in is the Sparty. Right. So. And, and when it comes to Ohio State, the thing that scares me about them is we know that Coach Day is not going to be on the sideline. He already said he's watching the game from home. And there's reports that there's up to like 15 players maybe with COVID issues, and they're not going to name and tell us any of them who they are. We won't know until they hit the field on Saturday. So it's one, you're wondering who's going to be on the field for Ohio State against Michigan State. And it just came down 25 minutes ago that Michigan has already said that they're very pessimistic about playing the Ohio State game the following week right now. So what's the motivation for Ohio State going to be? Who's playing in the game? And is it any big-name players that might be sitting out? Because they're not going to tell us anything until Saturday morning before the game. And, and it shows where money takes precedent, TC. Right. Ohio State should not be playing football this weekend according to the Big Ten rules. They made Wisconsin sit out two weeks. They made those kids not play. Yet, because Ohio State's in position to play for the – college football championship they've made an exception and let them play well with before their 21 days so to me it comes down again all about money all about what's best for the league and for what the prestige of the big 10 and uh the the safety of the kids is not there so uh if 15 ohio state players aren't there uh 23 points with michigan state who's coming off a win that looks pretty enticing to me and michigan's game against maryland has been canceled this week and there are at least 12 players on Michigan that were what we're hearing uh, that, that have COVID. So the talk, the big talk here is what's going to happen next week when you have Ohio State and Michigan. And if this game cannot be played, then Ohio State doesn't have enough games to uh, fall below the six, which the Big Ten is requiring to play in their conference championship game. Hence would uh, basically eliminate them from the college football playoff. But then again, who knows? Because there is no one governing body. The rules change not only by the day, but by the hour here. And uh, this game may not be played next week with Ohio State-Michigan, which would be a shame, but uh, it, it's crazy. And, Coach, you said it from the beginning. It's like, hey, you know, what, what's the hurry here? So when you hear all this, what comes to mind? Well, the, you know, I understand by their heart they wanted to play. Mm -hmm. The players wanted to play. But you can't just put down things because the players want to play and all that stuff. Uh, my one son, uh, he's in college coaching, and uh, they're going to play their season in the fall. I mean, in the spring. Right. In the spring, when this clears up a little bit. But, I mean, everybody, I can understand the administrators that, you know, the guys want to play and the coaches say we can play and all that, but some are guys above everybody's head that, fellas, this is not going to be good. And I said this in your show months ago that the NFL was going on with this thing and I said it's going to be so many players you're going to get hurt I mean look at the, in, in, the injuries report in the NFL cause that's where I follow I mean you got to be kidding me I mean the the, the Cowboys lost four quarterbacks so, I mean really that's what I feel like yeah. I mean 
I, the people just let down to say the players want to go, and there's money, the money thing too. Mm-hmm. Okay, there's money involved in this thing. They got to play, but there's a lot of players got hurt. I've never seen so many injuries in my life, and I spent my whole life in coaching. All right, guys, uh, before we get to our best bets here, I uh, want to talk uh, about the Raiders. The Raiders are not going to have Josh Jacobs. They're not going to have Abram. They're not going to have Cleveland Farrell again. Uh, the, the line has come down a little bit, so the Raiders are a eight-point favorite on the road against the Jets. We saw what happened with the Raiders last week, just downright laid an egg, horrible in Atlanta. And uh, now they got to go back to the East Coast again, play the Jets. We know the Jets are horrible, but the Jets – Beat them 34 to three last year, which started that spiral downwards. Are we starting to see this possibly again? The Raiders have not been able to do well. They one in five last year to finish the season. Could this be a deja vu? And especially with these injuries and the as poor as the defense is, I, can the Jets be a live home dog here? Well, I think I think can be, but they, yeah. you're going to show your uh, what what they think about the game themselves and them. They should be able to go in and beat them. I mean, nobody's beaten them yet. This is ugly. Yeah. Jets. And uh, they, they, the, they've shown good times at times. Last week, they didn't do that. The bottom line is they got to go back there and use that as a stepping stone to get back to truck. Yeah. You know, if they go back there and lay an egg, that is not good. Season's over if that happens. I mean, yeah. that's, that's embarrassing. Yeah. Well, when I was when I was with the Giants, or the, uh, no, I'll tell you that one later. Oh. You got it. You got it. No, it was. <laughs> go ahead. Yeah, the, the game really got away from them last week. Um, everything went wrong. I mean, that was a game where just everything went wrong. They turned the ball over way too much. Even when they stopped him and the guy missed a field goal, he does some great acting and, and rolls into the guy and gets the ball back, and they go and score seven points. Nothing happened right for the Raiders. Uh, I think you're going to see a bounce back and a better effort. The problem is they got to crisscross the country again, which is not an easy thing to do. Playing at that early time, it's the early time start, right? Yeah. Playing at that early time start, and you're playing a team that's hungry. You don't want to go. You don't want to end the season not winning a football game. So is it, are they live? Yes. Would I take the points? No. Right. I would not take the points. Especially with the Sam Jets, Darnold as your Jets quarterback. The Jets are so bad. Yes. Everywhere. When, when did they go? Did they go today? Did they travel today? Did anybody know? They're supposed to travel today, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well they could travel tomorrow yeah. and then play. They could. Yeah. Most, yeah. What I would say, if I was a head coach, we're going today, and we're going early. Yeah. And we get back there, we're going to spend some time talking to each other. Yeah. Okay? I wouldn't fly the day before the game because you get in there and all this stuff and everything else. And I was with the Raiders when we went back and played them. Right. And uh, get back there and get the team together. Hmm. Say, hey, guys, you know, it's on us. The coaches, forget about the coaches. We got to play the game. And I'm hoping they went today so they could spend a day and a half before they have to play. Yeah, that's usually, you know, the normal. A lot of times when you go to the East Coast like that, you want to leave on a Friday afternoon normally. So, TC, how about these games that they've just put together out of nowhere, like BYU, Coastal Carolina, and and some of these others in the Pac-12 were on on Thursday night. They figured these two teams aren't playing. Guess what? UCLA, Cal, you're on. You're playing yep. on Sunday. Right. It's kind of unbelievable. And as a coach, I oh, don't even yeah. know how you even start yeah. to prepare for something like that. Now suddenly BYU's got to cross the country yep. and play an undefeated Coastal Carolina team, which is pretty cool. Yeah. 
uh, on in about 48 hours notice. Like, hey, we're going to go to Coastal Carolina and play. Okay, we'll play. <laughs> it's, oh, like, yeah. it's like Sandlot stuff, you know? <laughs> All right, it is time for our best bets. Let's roll. It's Football Friday, and time for the weekend's action. Here's the best bets. All right, and I'm just waiting to see if Double B has BYU or Coastal Carolina on his ticket. And it's, I know it's one of Frank's specials all every week. He's got the, he's on the Coastal Carolina bandwagon, so we'll see what happens there. All right, three best college plays, three best NFL plays. Ballpark Frank, kick us off. All right, well, first off, I'm not on their bandwagon because I was driving the wagon because I'm the one that started it up, okay? And I wanted to be on that, but I've also been on BYU this year, so I actually didn't take that game. Uh, the games I did take, I took Texas, uh, Texas excuse me, minus seven again at Kansas State. I think Texas, uh, th- they should win this game. I don't think uh, covering a touchdown should be that big of a problem. A game that could be interesting, uh, Oklahoma State. They're still trying to vie and get a decent bowl game, minus one and a half at TCU. I like that one. And then um, the other game I took, and this one's kind of weird because it was originally supposed to be at San Jose State. They can't play there, so they're actually going to Hawaii. But San Jose State, undefeated in the conference right now, only giving up a point at Hawaii. So I'm going to take San Jose State because I think they want to keep that perfect season going. All right. Double B. Well, you know, I took all three games in the Big 12 this week. One of the things I found most interesting when doing the handicapping is is the fact that a lot of these teams, especially since there's only nine in the league, have played each other. And so uh, it's, it's strange that some of these teams have played eight games but have seven common opponents. So I stuck to the Big 12 this week, and we'll see how it goes. I laid the lumber also with Texas. Their defense is much improved. Uh, they held Baylor and West Virginia to a, a really small sports. Uh, they were really competitive against uh, I- Iowa State, and Kansas State just got blown out by them, 45 nothing. Uh, last year, they came back 27-24 after being down 0-14. Uh, K-State had a couple of big plays and a kickoff return. Texas actually outgained them by almost oh, 200 yards. Texas will lay this number, and I'll take them. Uh, also going to lay the number with Iowa State. Again, these two teams have seven common opponents. The main reason is West Virginia has not played since November 14th. They lack any kind of offense, and Iowa State seems to be peaking right now. After clobbering Iowa State, they uh, actually had a very nice win at Texas. Last year, they just blew out West Virginia in the second half in Morgantown, uh, holding this West Virginia offense to only 190 yards on 53 snaps. I'll lay the seven points with Iowa State. Then your favorite team, Boomer Sooner. This is the most balanced team in football. They get two to three, 250 yards on the ground, 300 yards on the through the air. Baylor has been competitive in both games, but they are not uh, multi-dimensional. They cannot run the ball, and I think this game will get away from them. Uh, Baylor has given up tons of points in the first yeah. half against TCU and Iowa State. They were down 27-3 and 30 to nothing. Uh, last year, BYU it was the opposite. Baylor had a huge lead in this game, right. and Oklahoma came back and beat them 34-31. So I think they're going to be rough ready to play. It was a statistical mismatch last year. Lay the three touchdowns. Boomer soon. And this is not nearly the same Baylor team from last year as well, too. All right, laying the big dog right there, 22 with Oklahoma. All right, I am going to take the Auburn-Texas A&M game, and I'm going to go with the home dog in this one. A&M struggled mightily last week against LSU. They got the job done, but really they couldn't generate any offense whatsoever. This is a very overrated A&M team, and you know how I feel about Mon. Don't like him at all. He's not good against good defenses. Auburn threw out last week's loss to Alabama. That was predicted. 
Three weeks prior to that, they won and covered versus Tennessee, LSU, and Ole Miss. Uh, good matchup this week for them, and I think that Auburn could win this game outright at home. They have a chance to finish 7-3. and three. They're 5-3 and three right now. They're a home dog. Auburn won this game last year 28-20. I just think it's a good spot for the War Eagles and the Tigers. Take Auburn plus the 6.5. Double B, I'm with you all over Iowa State. I think this is one of the best plays on the board against West Virginia. Iowa State has plenty to play for, too. Big 12 title aspirations on the line. Do you know what? This will be the first title, if they can get it, in 108 years. Does that does that uh, number sound familiar, guys? 108 years? Sounds a little bit like some <laughs> baseball. Right? Just like the Chicago Cubs. Exactly, right? Yes, they got Brock Purdy. They got Brees Hall. Brees Hall is a great running back. He's second in the country with 16 touchdowns, 1,260 yards. He's dynamite. And West Virginia hasn't played in three weeks. The offense not very explosive at all. They haven't gained over 200 yards in the last two meetings against Iowa State. Iowa State won both of those games. Make it three in a row for the Cyclones over West Virginia. They win again, laying a touchdown. No problem with that game. And this one, I'm going with the coach here. I'm, I'm picking this game for my man, Jim Fossil. We're going back to the red and the white. We're going back to Palo Alto. I'm taking the Stanford Cardinal plus 11 and a half at Washington. Stanford got the big win last week against Cal, except for uh, one game, they've been pretty competitive, been within that number, and that game against uh, Oregon where they had all those missed field goals, uh, outside of that, they've been okay against Colorado, and then last week they beat Cal by one. Uh, they've been right there. They've covered four of the last five against Washington. They've covered the last three. Uh, this is not the same Washington team as we've seen in the past. New coach, new system. They are undefeated right now, 22nd in the country, and I don't know how, because when you look at this, they trailed Utah by 21 at halftime last week, and uh, Utah choked this game away. Stanford's going to keep this game close and possibly win the game outright. I'll take the Stanford Cardinal plus 11 and a half. All right. NFL, ballpark, what do you got? All right, I'm going to start it off with, I think the wrong uh, team is, is favored in this game. Arizona's at home. Uh, they're three-point dogs to the L.A. Rams, so I'm going to take the Cardinals. Uh, I'll take the three points with the Rams. I think Arizona's going to win the game outright. Buffalo, who's been playing really well this year, only a one-point favorite at San Francisco. I know they have to fly across the country, but Buffalo's, when they've looked good, they've looked really good, so I think they can uh, win this game, and if they do, they should certainly cover that one point. And then I had to change games because I was going to take the Giants with the coach here, but, uh, you know, with Colt McCoy at quarterback, I'm not so sold on them. He's 7-21 and 21 as a starter. He's getting the start, so I actually changed that game around, and I'm going to instead go to one of the hottest teams in the NFL right now, Tennessee minus five and a half against Cleveland. The Titans have been looking very good of late. They're trying to make it into the playoffs and make some noise in the playoffs. So I'll take the Titans minus five and a half against Cleveland. Mm. All, All right. right. Great, great Double picks. B. Uh, I'm going flat out first pick, which I didn't do last week, and I, I'm ashamed at myself. Bet against the Bears. That's a standard play. I'm going to take the three points, getting three points with Detroit. I know they're not a great football team. But the Bears shouldn't lay points to anybody, maybe outside of the Jets or Jacksonville. Next, I'm going to go with the Texans at home, getting three and a half. I don't really think much of this Colts team. Uh, I think that they peaked earlier in the year, and uh, I think the Texans are a hungry football team, and I think you're going to get an outright win there. Uh, lastly, I'm going to go with the Bills uh, on a pick'em game, of course, is what I saw. I actually saw it at... Uh, plus one earlier, and I'll, I'll correct Frank. This game is in Glendale, Arizona, so yes, it is right. not even a no, home that, game. Well, yeah. So uh, it's, well, it's not their even, new home. Their new home. So <laughs> I'll tell you that uh, 
Uh, I'll take Buffalo, which is the better team, in a pick-em matchup on a neutral site any day against the Niners. All right. I'm going to start the NFL off with uh, the Tennessee Titans against the Browns. Tennessee is on fire. Tannehill and Henry, outstanding. And uh, this team just continues to get better and better. And, and the Tennessee Titans are a December football team. Look what they did to Indianapolis last week. They went into Indy, got their revenge, and blasted this team. I really like the way the Titans are playing. When you look at Cleveland, this is an inflated record. Are you kidding me? The last four wins that this team has had. They've been life and death to beat four very bad teams. Those victories against Jacksonville, Philadelphia, Houston, and Cincinnati. Before that, they lost at home to the Raiders, and then they barely beat Cincinnati before that. They beat one team with a winning record, and that was the Indianapolis Colts way back when. This team can't score. Tennessee is a better, more balanced team. They're playoff tested. Oh, and by the way, they blasted them last year, 43 to 13. I will take the Titans laying six at home. Packers and Philly, another mismatch. Philly's a mess at 3-7-1. They've lost three in a row. Carson Wentz was sacked six more times against the Seattle Seahawks on Monday night. That takes him now to 46 sacks on the season. When was the last time you heard a, co a quarterback coach getting sacked 46 times in a season? That offensive line is atrocious. Carson Wentz it is not accurate. They've got plenty of problems there in Philadelphia. In Green Bay, laying nine, not worried about it at all. As you know, the Packers can score at will. Three times they've scored at least 40 points this season. The only way the Packers don't cover this game is if they implode and turn the ball over. That's not going to happen. And finally, this is a big number, but I'm going to go ahead and lay it with the Kansas City Chiefs, two touchdowns against the Denver Broncos. Denver, yes, they'll have a quarterback, well, kind of, this week. If you call Drew Locke and, or Brett Ripien a quarterback, uh, better than Kendall Hidden when they had to do last week. But Denver's been decimated by injuries. They're playing out the string. Uh, Vic Fangio is waiting to be fired. Uh, the only concern that I have here, will Kansas City sleepwalk through this game like we've seen them do before? Last week they did that for a while against Tampa Bay, uh, especially in the second half. But I think the Chiefs at home, they're going to turn it up a notch. Asking them to win by two touchdowns is not going to be a problem. The offense is best in the NFL. You got Tyree Kill, who went nuts last week. Travis Kelsey. Oh, and now, by the way, you got Sammy Watkins returning. So if their D can come up with a couple stops, I think the Chiefs uh, will cover here going away. And remember, last time they played, October 25th, they played in Denver, and the Chiefs won 43-16. to So... Those are our plays. All of the best bets are up on the website at tcmartinshow.com. Not only ours, but we've got uh, Scott Spritzer with Doc Sports, Matthew Holt, and, of course, uh, Adam Joseph, our good friends at Opportunity Village. Jim Fossil, three games. Which ones do you like that we talked about? Well, i tell you what, I wouldn't sleep the night before a game if I listened to you guys. <laughs> I can tell you that, you know. Holy smokes. All right, I'm going to go with the easy ones, I think, with the things. Well, I'll start off with the uh, Chiefs and Broncos. Yeah. Uh, Broncos is not going to beat anybody. I mean, they, they're just down. They're cooked. Mm -hmm. And I think Andy is going to get in there and tell them we cannot go out there and play sloppy football. Mm -hmm. That's the main thing you tell the coaches, right. the players. We don't want to play sloppy football. Everybody's saying we're going to beat their butt, but we can't do that that way. Right. And then uh, I think the Raiders, I mean, God. If they can't go back there and beat the Jets, <laughs> I mean, now they really got problems. Right. They really do. I mean, if they're going to do that, I mean, it's going to be that way. And then, uh, you know, I, th I think the Packers, 
I think I think they're gonna I think they're gonna beat the Eagles. I, I really do. I think they're gonna be good team, and uh, I just I just have a good feeling. And you know the Packers got a great quarterback, and he's not gonna let you when you have a quarterback, a veteran quarterback. And I was fortunate to have the Phil Simmses and the John Elways and stuff. All I had to do was talk to them. Guys, do not sleep on this one, okay? Because if you go to sleep on this one, I'm gonna get my butt kicked, and we're gonna lose a game. And uh, I, you know, the great quarterbacks handle their team. Forget about the coaches. Mm-hmm. The players want to talk to the players going into the game. They don't care about what the coaches are saying and all that. They're saying, hey, guys, we got to get this thing. And if you have a leader like a John Elway or a Phil Sims or any of those guys, they handle it. Mm-hmm. All right. So, so you mean they don't want to talk to the, to the place kicker? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they want to talk to him. If you miss a field goal, buddy, we're going to tie you to the goalpost. Yeah, now do my laundry. Ali Haji Sheik. Remember, how's Ali Haji Sheik doing? He was one of your kickers, wasn't he? I know. I know. i tell you what. They, yeah. We used to have, I had to get rid of it when I went to the Giants. If something went down and all that stuff, they would tie somebody to the goalpost and leave him there. This is in training camp. If a fight broke out and two guys did it, they would get them. And they would tape them to the goalpost. And I'd run them 40s and back and forth so they couldn't even talk. And then we were off the field. And I'd have to go to Michael Strahan at like at 9 o'clock at night. We'd take the guy off the goalpost. <laughs> he says, yeah, we're going to take him over a little bit. We'll, we'll get him down. <laughs> Life in the NFL. you got to love it. There you go. Coach, we appreciate you coming by, as always today. Always fun when you're here. Uh, you know what? I love listening to you guys. Boy, you, you study this thing. I got it. You did, yeah. There so, we, I love being here with you. Okay. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right, Jim Fossil, the former coach of the Giants, Stanford, Utah. Uh, great history. Longtime Las Vegas as well, too. Always appreciate him uh, being here. And uh, you always bring the lovely ladies with you, too. Outstanding. Yeah, yeah. There you go. She is a lady. Is she, she is a lady. Is, yeah, yeah. You, you always have a good rooting hey, section you, here. You ought to get her on here. She knows about a lot about football. I bet she does. She's not, yeah. <laughs> All right, Double B, ice rinks open. I, you know, I, I asked TC to skate today. He said, uh, no, he'd rather roller disco. Yeah, you so, got that uh, right. So I, he, he passed on that. So maybe we'll pick up the skating another time. Hey, I'm killer on four wheels, man. <laughs> I don't know about the blades. You know. <laughs> All right, ballpark. Have yourself a good weekend, man. Let's get some winners. Hopefully. We'll see what happens. All right. If you missed any part of the show, go to the website, tcmartinshow.com. want to thank Stitch Duran for joining us, Jim Fossil, of course, Brian Benowitz, our gracious host here at the Cosmopolitan, Ballpark Frank, Numchuck, and Earthquake back in the studio. We will reconvene on Monday, recap the fight, the NFL weekend, college football, everything. Get here to the Cosmopolitan. Have yourself a great weekend, and we'll catch you Monday at 2. <laughs>